Welcome to the Companion Chapel. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area, beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this stormy January 19th winter day, January 19th, 221, the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 7 today, Isaiah meaning the salvation of Jehovah. This is prophecy that was written for today, written prophecy that is more relevant to these times right now than ever before. All God's prophecies occur and develop in preliminary and partial happenings, for example, to us before they lead up to and become fulfilled and permanent. Remember, this is Isaiah's voice and pen, but this is God's words. First, please consider your part in the many-member body of Christ. Help magnify and broadcast God's saving word. This podcast is only possible through your donations. Please give it up for God at companionchapel.com, Visa, MasterCard, PayPal, or e-transfer to email address, companionchapel at gmail.com. You are encouraged to send your biblical questions or prayer requests to email address, companionchapel at gmail.com, or read the blog at companionchapel.com. Dot info or come by for a Bible study to number 338 side row 2829 Sogging Shores Ontario Canada that's number 338 RR5 Paisley NOG 2GO recall here 519-706-8876 now please turn with me in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 1 goes like this and it came to pass in the days of Ahaz, the son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, king of Judah, that Rezin, the king of Syria, and Pekah, the son of Remiah, king of, king of Israel, went up toward Jerusalem to war against it, but, but could not prevail against it. Okay, this is all written in Second Kings chapter 16, 17 area, and it's a good read. You should check it out. But this is the last king Israel had. That's the ten tribes that had any organized prosperity under one government. After this, God sent them, like they dispersed around the globe. Always remember uh, Manasseh and Ephraim. Those are the two predominant tribes. And Manasseh means forgetful. They forget their heritage wherever they went, and we know where they went. And Ephraim, double blessed. It's the vouchsafe nations where God's word is, is still alive and being taught. Uh, verse 2, And it was told the house of David, saying, Syria is confederate with Ephraim, and his heart was moved, and the heart of his people, as trees of the woods, are moved with the wind. Okay, God made a covenant with David, remember, back in Second Samuel, probably chapter 7, I think, to give his posterity the throne. Uh, compare this to God made a covenant with Abraham to give his posterity to the land. So there's a, just keep that in mind. As trees of the woods are moved to the wind, that means like people just blowing in the wind. Okay, I'm going to think like this now. I'm going to go with the flow. I'm going to think like that now. I'm going to go with the flow. It's inconsistent. Inconsistent thought patterns, beliefs, being led around by mankind outside of God's word. Because God is consistent, unchanging, and principled. The Bible is God's reason resolve written in the councils of eternity. It covers infinity back, the present, and the future. Mankind is inconsistent. That's an inconsistent thought pattern that just like stand in the woods someday on a, a windy day, you just see the branches going back and forth, back and forth, unprincipled beliefs. It's whatever's trendy. What, oh, we're just going to go with the flow here. Then said the Lord, okay, so Ephraim represents Israel. 
Ephraim's like the leading tribe for the rest of the ten tribes. So that's a figure of speech there for represents all of them. And sometimes they even call them Samaria just because they lived in the land of Samaria. Then said the Lord unto Isaiah, Go forth now to meet Ahaz. Okay, so Isaiah was well-respected enough to go uh, meet with the king. And Isaiah brought his son, uh, Jeshuabed, and Jeshuabed means the remnant shall return. God's always teaching even in every word. God had no words to waste. At the end of the conduit of the upper pool in the highway of the Fuller's Field. Now this is this is a, a creek that ran through there, and it's a cool place to meet. So we went up there to meet, but it's representative of something also. It's representative of a place of peace. This is where this is like in the Zion area, God's favorite area, where God's going to set up. Okay, and He said unto him, "Take heed." This is what Isaiah is saying to um, King Ahaz here, and King Ahaz was not a good king at all. You can read about that in Second Kings chapter fifteen and sixteen. He said, take heed, listen up. I got a word from God for you. Now listen up, uh, Ahaz. You came down to see me here. And be quiet. That means hushy. Fear not, neither be faint-hearted. For the two tails of these smoking firebrands, for the fierce anger of Rezin with Syria and of the son of Ramea. Now, they came up here and they tried to defeat... Uh, they tried to defeat Ahaz, who represents Judah and the king line. Uh, their brothers, like we're all come from Jacob, and they're fighting each other, and God hates that. Like Israel fighting Judah, God hates that. But because the trees of the wind are moved, let the, they're just like blowing in the wind. Okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're just going to do what we're told here. Because Syria, Ephraim, and the son of Ramiah have taken evil accounts, evil counsel against these saying let us go up against jerusalem and vex it we're just going to take these guys and let us make a breach therein for us and set a king in the midst of it even the son of tibio now this word tibio means god is good but what god are they talking about not our god not yahweh so just because uh, king ahaz was able to hold them back for a little bit he knows that their two firebrands are coming against him and he knows it's going to happen but let's see what happens here. Thus saith the Lord God, It shall not stand, neither shall it come to pass. For the head of Syria is Damascus, and the head of Damascus is Rezin. And within threescore and five years shall Ephraim be broken, that it not be a people. God's going to scatter them. This, this is what it means. Like Damascus, which will soon be spoiled, and Rezin is a firebrand, soon to be quenched. He was the last independent king of Syria. Uh, that it be not a people anymore, uh, three score and five years, 65 years. This came to pass. You can read about it in uh, the book of Kings. Shall no more be a people, but Judah shall return. And that goes back to that great, great verse. Uh, the king line shall return. Uh, Isaiah chapter 6, 13 that we went over yesterday. Let's see, Ephraim be broken and not a people. Ephraim gets dispersed around the planet. Like, that's what God said, and that's what happened. And again, the vouchsafe nations of on the earth today are the people of Ephraim. They're double-blessed and forgetful. They can't remember their heritage at all. They don't pay heed to it. And the head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the head of Samaria is Ramallah's son. If you will not believe, surely you shall not be established. And what's being said here is 
Like, if you don't trust what I'm saying to you, uh, King Ahaz, it comes from God, then you won't be trusted. Or if you have no belief, you get no relief. Or if you will not understand, you shall not surely stand. Or if you don't confide, then you can't abide with God. And this goes for all of us today. If you don't trust, you won't be trusted. If you don't trust the Lord, then you can't be trusted. Who do you trust then? You just trust yourself. You think about your own reasonings outside of God's divine reasonings. If you don't believe in God, then you get no relief. You get to live with your anxieties, fears, worries, uncertainties. You can have it, God says. Go ahead. Go ahead. Knock yourself out. Uh, if you don't understand, surely you won't stand. Like it's your job. You have 40 solid, the average person has 40 solid thinking years to understand one simple repetitive book, the Bible. It's God's Word. And we're going to find out more about what God's Word is coming up in this uh, this chapter. But like, what's your excuse? Most people spend more time in one month watching Netflix or watching a screen or getting the news from who knows where, just any heathen outlet, and go for it. In one month, you spend all that time, and they spend less time trying to figure out God's Word. And it's not that hard. It's so repetitive and easy to understand once you open your heart. Well, you have to trust and have belief. And you have to confide or you won't abide. And that's all there is to it. 10. Moreover, the Lord spake again unto Ahaz through, through Isaiah and said, Okay, Ahaz, here you go. Ask thee a sign of thy Lord God. Ask it in depth or in height above. And this is what Ahaz says. Nah, I'm not going to ask. Neither will I tempt the Lord. Ahaz just punked them off. Ahaz just punked God off. He, he just dissed God big time. It's like, nah, I don't feel like it. And he said, hear now, house of David. It is, a small, is it a small thing for you to weary men? But will you weary my God also? Is it, this Ahab was just loathed his own people. Now, he was a young guy. He got put in when he was 20. So he'd be like in his 20s here. And he doesn't care much about it. He says, look, I'm the king, man. I got all my stuff here. Look at me. I sit on this throne. I'm all that in a bag of chips. Yeah, he's faint about it. Are you faint about you faint about your people? But what about God? Are you going to be like that to God also? You're just going to think you're all that and not care much about it? Okay, so let's see what happens. This is prophecy, future, not to us, but to them back then. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. That's God with us. And this prophecy has come to pass, and it is permanent and fulfilled. Emmanuel, God with us. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Emmanuel, God with us, he manifests a little lower than the angels, Jesus Christ, Yeshua Messiah, the righteous right arm of Yahweh, the mediator to our Father. And there he was, Jesus Christ, our Savior, our salvation. He did not compromise with evil, and we glory the cross, and he set up a kingdom of heaven that does not include evil. All these ways of the world, if people want it, have it. If you want the bread of life and if you want it, your thirst quenched with living waters, that means you take in what Jesus Christ offered and you will never hunger or thirst again for the ways of the world. They all seem stupid and silly and vanity of vanities, all of vanity and vexation of spirit. And here we go about Yeshua Messiah. Butter and honey shall he eat that he may know to refuse the evil 
and choose the good. But before the child should know to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land that thou abhorrest, King Ahaz, shall be forsaken of both her kings. And the land that you are anxious about, that's what abhorrest means. This is the land that you're anxious about, the land that you use for sustenance and harvest. That's where your money comes from, Ahaz, and that's how you eat. And you just, you just uh, don't care. Like, he's he just loath and faint about it. But he, he starts to care a little bit here, and I'll watch this. And it was forsaken by both by, of both their kings. And it comes to pass then, and, and we have a king now, the king of kings, lord of lords, who also was rejected, but is established a kingdom that doesn't include any of this stuff. It doesn't include any fighting. It's a place of peace beyond our present comprehension. And that's our goal. That's where we want to be. That's why we study the word, because we love it. The Lord shall bring upon thee and upon thy people and upon thy father's house days that have not come. From the day that Ephraim departed from Judah, that's when the ten tribes separated from Judah, who who's, was like two tribes, Judah and Benjamin, uh, includes some of the Levites, which not many of them knew. Levites were supposed to be the priest line. Um, even the king of Assyria. Okay, this is the Babylonian people. And it came to pass in that day that the Lord shall hiss for the fly that is in the uttermost part of the rivers of Egypt and for the bee that is in the land of Assyria. Yeah, you filthy, dirty flies and, and the bees that will sting you. That's heathen foreign fighters. And they shall come and shall rest all of them in the desolate valleys and in the holes of the rocks and upon the thickets and in upon the pastures. I'm reading that out of the manuscripts. It's wrong in the King James. Okay, so we have all these heathen foreign fighters with all their foreign gods. And, well, you invited them in because in the next first year we see that in the same day shall the Lord shave, shave with the razor that is hired. Okay, Ahaz hired the Assyrian king for protection. That's where his heart was. He sent over a bunch of stuff, gold and money and everything, and, and he dissed God. Back in verse 12, he says, nah, I don't care. Total punk off. I'm just, no, nah, I'm not going to listen to you, Isaiah. Like, you got some pretty, you know, nice words going on. But I'm just going to, my heart and my faith is in money and stuff in the ways of the world. And what happens here? Uh, the king of Isaiah, what, what is this? Oh, and in the same day shall the Lord shave with the razor that is hired. Okay, so the king of Isaiah comes in. This shave with the razor, the head, the hair, the feet, and shall consume the beard. This is humiliation. This is just absolute dominant humiliation. So that's what King Ahaz gave it up for. And that's how he lost. Because the king of Isaiah just looked at him and said, Oh, you, you gave me money and stuff? Yeah, I want more. I'm just going to send my whole army in here and take it all. Humiliation. That's what it is when you get shaved uh, like that. And it came to pass in that day that a man shall nourish a young cow and two sheep. That's like nothing. Because one guy can take care of a whole bunch of cows and sheep. Okay, so that's like minimal. Like it's no longer land of olives and oil, but poor pasturage is what's being said here. And it shall come to pass for the abundance of milk that they shall give. He shall eat butter, for butter and honey shall everyone eat that is left in the land. This abundance means not because of the number of cattle, but on account of the fewness of people. You guys are like just beat down. You're nobody anymore. You're like you're not eating corn and wine and oil, but you, you, it's a humbling. 
Like back in verse 15, Christ came and he was humble. He didn't go out there and try and have big, big feasts everywhere he went. He was a humble guy. He was perfect in all his ways. No corruption, no malice, no guile was found in him. He didn't, he didn't want, he didn't go try and buy protection. Like Christ, look what Jesus Christ did. He walked into the church. Like that would have been the big community center. That would have been the, the hub of all activity. And what's he do? He starts flipping tables and picking fights. And he walks up to the lead clergy and says, your father is none other than the devil. And did he have a bunch of bodyguards around him? No, he was just skinny old Jesus, just walking around. And and where, what did he split? Like, did he hightail it out of the churches then? No, he went up behind the pulpit and started teaching and preaching. No one messed with him. Well, they did after, obviously. They nailed him to a cross, but that's because he would not compromise with evil. But no one messed with him when he was, okay, I've still got some teaching to do, because he's God. If you've seen the Son, you've seen the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteous right arm of Yahweh. Okay, and it shall come to pass, I read that, 23, and it shall come to pass in that day that every place shall be where there were a thousand vines at a thousand silverlings, it shall even be for briars and thorns. Okay, these were places of great farming areas, uh, fields for rent. Okay, but with arrows and with bows shall men come thither, because the land shall become briars and thorns. That means like these guys want to go down there and farm it. And this happens even to this day in Israel. You got farmers with machine guns strapped to their backs when they have to go out to these fields. Like, like they want to plow in peace, but they need weapons. They, they can't anymore. This totally came to pass. And on the hills that shall be digged with the mattock, there shall not come thither for the fear of briars and thorns. Now that's Satan's names, enemy. And briars and thorns are your enemy. But it shall be for the sending forth of oxen and for the treading of lesser cattle. It just it just means like it's not being used for good pasture and good fields anymore. It's just for like passing through and you're all paranoid and you're going to get shot at. That's what's happened in the Middle, Middle East to this day. But we have the great prophecy in here of Jesus Christ, our Savior, our salvation, our Prince of Peace. Well, I hope you enjoy chapter 7 because it continues on chapter 8. Moreover is the first word of chapter 8. This means there's no break in the prophecy, but we'll continue on that. So don't miss Isaiah chapter 8 coming up next. Thank you very much. Please support this podcast by simply even just sharing it or all the ways, all the things you can do to, to help promote this podcast. This is the Companion Chapel. My name is Mike. Thank you very much and have a great day. Bye for now.